The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to this Thursday afternoon here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you your personal concierge for conversation as we get things going. Can you believe we're in the first week of July? Unbelievable. I, it's, I, I'm still stuck back in November somewhere, I think. It just seems like right now, and maybe it's the, the state of affairs of what we're going through in California and the nation Maybe it's just because of my schedule. I don't know how you feel about it. It just seems like time is just rushing by. It's almost like a merry-go-round and uh, hardly have a chance to to jump off the merry-go-round to catch your breath. But that's what we do here as the merry-go-round of topics goes round and round. We are here to be live and local. Make sure that you have the opportunity to voice your opinions and your concerns about what's happening on those matters that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Again, our phone number, I'm sure it's in uh, many of your speed dial programs, 209-551-3483. As we begin today, I think it's important that every once in a while we take the opportunity to acknowledge what's good, to acknowledge what's positive. Uh, we, we are so overcome with ridiculousness in our culture. We are so overcome with evil, uh, violence. We are so overcome with lies. Half-truths are not truths. They're a form of a lie. We hear that a lot from Sacramento as well as Washington, D.C., easy to be overcome by all of that and to get discouraged and to give up. I am one, as you know, who believes that we must always persevere. If we believe in the truth, if we stand upon what's true and we believe in it, then we need to persevere through the challenges that are ahead of us. Now, with that, I, I, I will say, I believe November 2022 is a tipping point for California and the nation. I believe November of 2024 is a tipping point for California and the nation. I don't know that we're going to have massive victories in terms of righteousness and what's just, but I we do have the opportunity to make significant progress. And if we, and, and I'll just be very frank about this, although I'm Mike, but to be, to be frank about it, I... I we really, we really have to be disgusted about the voter turnout on the primaries. I, I am appalled by the voter turnout percentage. And maybe some of you have good reason for not voting. I'll acknowledge that. But if we're to chart a court f- course for the future, if we're to pound some stakes into the ground and say, this is what's true. I believe in it. And it's worth it to pursue that truth and defend that truth in order to have a better society. Then I believe we need to do that. And we need to engage at every level that we possibly can. 
And I think that begins at the voting booth. It begins at local involvement, whether it be at school boards, city councils, uh, community tables, whatever it might be. And it's not that we have to (laughs) intentionally irritate people. In fact, I think that's counterproductive. However, when you stand on truth, it will irritate people, it will offend people, and it will get people mad. I know that. I know that very, very well. I know that as a pastor. I also know that as a radio show host. Anytime that you take a stand for what's true, there will be pushback. What's that old saying, no good deed goes unpunished? It's just the way things are. But with that, I think part of that process is taking time to celebrate what's good, to celebrate what's good, because we build the future upon those monuments of good, those monuments of justice. And if if we go overcome, if we are overcome by the negative, then we stay stuck. And so that's why... I remain, I remain in a, a mode of perseverance. I believe that's, uh, that's what I'm called to do. I don't know about you, but that's what I believe I'm called to do. Something to celebrate, <clears throat> something to note, something worthy to acknowledge. The uh, anti-Gascon camp, as it's called, <laughs> the recall effort against George Gascon, the... Uh, DA in Los Angeles County, they needed 567,000 valid signatures as of yesterday in order to uh, qualify for uh, the recall on the ballot, and they turned in about seven, uh, let's see, 717,000. They had to have 567,000, they turned in 717,000, which means they need about well, almost 80% to pass muster. What does that mean? Well, they have to validate. Uh, the uh, powers that be need to examine those signatures, and there will be signatures that are invalid. We know that. There will be people who didn't fill it out, right? There will be people not qualified to sign the petitions. We know that. But I'm I'm hoping that given that that vast uh, area of uh, a cushion there between 567 and 717,000 that uh, enough uh, will qualify to put the recall of George Gascon on the November 2022 ballot. This is a good thing. And and what, regardless of what happens, regardless of the ultimate outcome, The important thing is that people in Los Angeles County persevered. And it's an example to the rest of us. The the people in uh, San Francisco, although a a lot of them probably we're not going to agree with on many things, but we agree with them about Chase Bodine. They got it done and they persevered. And one of the, one of the, problems with with the tension, the dynamic tension between good and evil that's in our world today is that one of evil's greatest greatest weapons is deception. And we can be deceived into being defeated. 
And we need, now I'm not saying that we need to be naive. I'm not about being naive at all. I'm about being a realist, but I'm also about looking at the possibilities and looking at what the goal is. And if there's a great mountain before us, fine. Let's do what we need to do to take that mountain for justice, for good, for truth. And we'll be talking uh, in, in a couple of minutes about Jordan Peterson. I'm sure you're familiar with Jordan Peterson. He's a, a philosopher, a, a teacher, very learned man uh, from Canada. And he's taken a big hit from, uh, from Twitter. And we'll talk about that, and we'll also hear from him personally. I think he has some great things to say about what it means to j- deal with people judiciously, to deal with people in truth, and to speak truth, and to walk out what you believe in. I think that's very important. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. Speaking of speaking truth and being good at what you do, Dan Phipps speaks truth and is very good at what he does. Modesto home prices, they're going up. Inventories low, interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. Selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent like Dan is the right move to maximize your equity. So are you worried about costly repairs or upgrades that are needed to sell your home? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Keith and Tanya in Oakdale know all about it. They said the mental and physical toll of long commutes to work was just devastating them. It was a time to sell, move closer, no matter what. And they didn't think they had enough equity to afford a home closer to work, but Dan heard about their story and he immediately set some high expectations. In fact, Dan wound up selling their home for thousands more than even his high expectation initial price. Well, by the way, Keith and Tanya, they're now in a brand new home, much closer to work, thanks to Dan. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or call or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. We'll talk more about truth and uh, the sacrifices that we need to make for truth coming up in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about standing for truth, persevering, and the sacrifices that you have to make for that. Any thoughts on that? 209 551 Three four eight three. Can you think of uh, incidents in your life where you've had to stand for truth, and there was a price to pay for that? <clears throat> it's the reality. It's the, it's the world we live in. Let's go to the phones very quickly. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Debbie from uh, Stanislaus. Debbie, what's on your mind today? 
Well, I think the subject matter is excellent. I think the conclusive information will never happen. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. There's a difference. I don't think too much more is going to get better. I think that we're so, how do I say this? We've gone for so long in such a depressive state that we are being taken advantage of every day. The state and the federal government have us right where they want us. I'm sorry to say this because I don't want to believe this way. But I know there's too many subjects we are too afraid to even bring up on this radio program. And until we're willing to face those things, we're not going to make it. California is too entrenched. The Central Valley has been taken advantage of for a very long time. Southern California has the state of California pretty much in its clutches. And what they don't have, Sacramento is going to take part of it, and they're going to start choking the Central Valley. So being in the middle is kind of an interesting place to be. And unless you have something that's really, really important to you, that you're willing to go out on the limb and talk about it, I don't hear that happening. I hear a lot of subjects that are important, don't get me wrong. I I, I do hear that. But not the ones that are really significant. We're afraid to touch anything that's really political. And yet the people today in the state of California, the disabled, the elderly, the people that are in the middle income that have lost their jobs, and I could go on and on and on, and it's going to get worse. It's, if, if anybody thinks it's going to get, a better, get better, it's a delusion of grandeur because it's not going to. Technology has everybody exactly where they want them, and it's going to get better and more tight and more controlling until nobody's going to know their feet from their head. Now, that sounds like I'm extreme in what I'm communicating. But before God, I tell you, I'm not extreme. This is happening. And we'd better figure out a way to take the, 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 ones that, the subjects that people are so afraid to go on the radio and talk about because they're so afraid that they're the untouchable subjects, and they're the very subjects we should have been talking about because we're killing each other. It doesn't matter what position we're in or what the title is with our name. What matters is we're all human beings. We're our brother's keepers. God told us that a long time ago. So I think we better think about what we're doing and start being willing to bring up the subjects that have been decimating this state and taking the people into their area of, how do I say this, Their psychological health is at risk, and we may eventually lose it altogether because it just takes a little bit more, not much tighter, and everybody is going to be sick to the point that they may not come out. The psychiatrists, the psychologists, the people that work and go to college to learn how to help us with our emotions and our intellect, etc., they're even doubting that they can do it. There aren't very many out there anymore because they don't know what to do anymore because if they tell the truth, they're going to get lambasted. And that's what's happening to us even on our radio program that we love so dearly and worship with every moment we're on because we need you, Mike Douglas, we need you. But we need to start addressing the parts of our lives 
that are affecting every single solitary one of us, and every one of us are being replaced, and we don't even know it. We won't face that truth, but we'd better face it. Yeah, Debbie, because we're not good Samaritans Debbie, I, I, to allow people to come in here and take our civil rights away. And that's I, what I, I agree with you, Debbie. I've got uh, another caller I, I want to squeeze in here before the end of the hour. I, I acknowledge where you're at, Debbie. I acknowledge where you're at. Um, let me just give one response, and then I want to get to a barber to st- in Stockton very quickly. I would say this, Debbie. If I felt there was no hope, and if I felt that we're not making a difference and that there's no hope for the future, I wouldn't show up here. I can tell you what, I'm not here for the money, I'll tell you that. And I, I've got plenty of other things to do. So I just, and, and me, I guess it's maybe some encouragement to you or not, but Debbie, my commitment is as long as they'll let me on the air, I will be here because I always believe that there's hope. As long as God is on his throne, which he will be, and as long as he calls me to show up here from three to five, Debbie, I'm going to be here. And that's uh, that's my commitment to you. Thank, th- I always appreciate your passion, Debbie. Thank you. Uh, very quickly, I've uh, got about two minutes, so let's go to uh, Barbara in Stockton. Barbara, what are your thoughts? Well, Mike, I'm sorry, but I have to agree with Debbie. You know, if we're going to get any kind of change, it's not necessarily going to come from California. It's going to be from some other place. I say that because I take the Sacramento Bee every single day, and when I read the news, Mike, there is never, ever any positive things being said by conservatives uh, about things that are needed that should happen. Never. Even in the cartoons, they make fun of people who have conservative thoughts or ideas. Never. It's always something negative. So I don't see how people, you know, unless you really think about it, people that want change can have change if, if you're not going to get any help, especially in, Cal- in California. Now, probably from some of the other states, the southern states or the midwestern states, you know, we may find people who are strong and are able to uh, try to change things. But as for California, please excuse me, but it seems like a lost cause. And that's all I have to say, but I agree with Debbie. All right, Barbara. Again, I uh, as as I would would say to Debbie, thanks for your call, Barbara. I, I appreciate uh, you you expressing your viewpoint there. As uh, as I said to Debbie, I, I acknowledge where you're at fully, um, and and I fully understand your your argument there. Um, and I don't believe I'm being naive. I I believe that regardless of the situation. And regardless of whether we get shot down in the process, figuratively or literally, if we believe in absolute truth, if we believe in the rule of law, if we believe in justice, if we believe that there is a creator, that there is a God, which I do, which is a good thing because I'd probably be out of a pastoral job if I didn't. But I believe that God has called me to keep on keeping on, to persevere. Scripture is full of admonitions to persevere under trial. 
and I'm not laying that on on you nor Debbie. I'm just saying for me, my wiring is persevere and persevere under trial. Because when we stand for truth, we will get hit. The dark side, so to speak, will hit back, and they will hit back with everything they have. And the metric to me of progress is not whether things are changing. The metric of success to me is if I'm doing what God has wired me to do. And regardless of what's happening around me, the world can be falling apart. If I'm responding to what God has asked me to do, has equipped me to do, and wired me to do, I will be there every time, every day, responding to that mission. That's just me. What about you, my friends? You have things to add to that? 209-551-3483. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Barbara. We'll be back in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Let's get social and let's get the conversation going again. 209-551-3483. Our theme uh, thus far has been persevering under trial. Uh, keep on, keeping on, keeping on. Even though the world may be following, uh, falling apart around us, that's the way I'm wired. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying, uh, in my worldview, you persevere under trial and you walk your talk. And I don't try to force other people to do that. I don't force try to force other people to adopt my way of thinking, but I do believe there's value in walking your talk. And uh, I do my best to practice what I preach, so to speak, and, and to walk out the tenets of the worldview that I have. And part of that is realizing that when you stand for truth, you're going to get hammered. And I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean abusing alcohol. I mean, people are going to hammer you uh, they're going to attack you. That's just the way it is. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Before we get back to the phones, uh, just, uh, and I'm sure you've heard the the headline here, James Kahn passed away dead at the age of 82. Wow, 82. Can you believe James Kahn was 82 years old? <clears throat> remember, what was your favorite James Conn role? Don't worry, we'll, we'll we'll get back to the persevering under trial here in a moment. What was your favorite uh, movie or, or TV movie, uh, James Conn? I, uh, I think he's a great actor. And, and like many celebrities, like many great artists, his, uh, his life, um, his, his life had, had a lot of uh, drama to it. He, he had a lot of heartaches. Absolutely. 
But I'm thinking back to uh, some of the roles. He he did somewhere around 18 or more, 18, 19 movies, I think. And I think the earliest one I remember is the uh, the made-for-TV movie, Brian's Song. Remember, that was 1971, about uh, running backs <clears throat> Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers of the Chicago Bears. And the journey where uh, Gail Sayers... Uh, Brian Piccolo through his last days of cancer. And, of course, at the time, uh, it was significant that a black man was helping a white man through his uh, death process. Anyway, Brian's song, 1971, that's that's one of my wife's uh, favorites. And what else uh, did I... Of course, The Godfather, 1972. That was the first movie that I went to on a date. It was actually a double date. Probably not the wisest movie to go to on a first date, but it was all right. There were some scenes there where I wanted to crawl under my chair. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, there was, I mean, we were all good friends. Again, it was a double date, and the French horn section of the band was represented, and uh, the other, uh, the women who were with us were, were part of the, the band and wind ensemble as well. So anyway, it was good. I was just thinking back. That was probably a dumb decision to do The Godfather on the first date, uh, given some of the scenes in there. Godfather, that was 1972. Uh, Let's see. uh, Elf. Elf has to be one of the favorites, don't you think? Elf, that was back in 2003. Can you believe that? Anyway, some of my uh, some of my favorites. He he had a, a litany of again about eighteen, I, I think, movies uh, of late. Uh, I never saw Misery. That's not a genre that I would watch anyway. Uh, but uh, definitely Elf, Elf, and The Godfather, and and uh, Brian's Song. I I think those are his his top movies. Anyway, you want to pause and just salute uh, salute a great actor. James Kahn, again, uh, died at 82 years old and uh, quite a quite a career. All right, we've been talking about truth, standing up for truth, announcing truth, speaking truth, and taking the hits that come along with that. And persevering under trial, is it worth it? Do you feel we need to keep persevering and keeping keeping on? Let's find out what you think. 209-551-3483. Let's go to a Martin up in Calaveras County, part of God's country up there. Martin, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, thank you for having me. Um, first time I've called in on the show, and I don't usually do these kind of things because I'm the silent minority that um, would rather do what I'm supposed to do and not make a fuss about it. And uh, only recently, I mean, I've always stood for the national anthem, always crossed, uh, put my hand on my heart, uh, did the Pledge of Allegiance. I think I was the last generation that did that. And um, I joined the armed forces, a fourth-generation Californian, and my great-grandfather pitched a tent next to the railroad tracks in the Bay Area in Mountain View and started his life here in California. My mother, who's 82, is uh, now said that she feels like she's been abandoned by her state with their values, mm-hmm. and yet she doesn't know where to go. This is all that she knows. And being in the armed forces, I have lots of friends who are also in the armed forces, 
some of them combat veterans, and they all feel as I do after some of the experiences I've had at my employer recently, some of the things that have happened to me in the last five years. I don't believe, uh, if you know what a tactical retreat is, I don't believe a lot of combat veterans would fight for California and are more than happy to abandon their property and allow God to do what God did to Lot's family and country. And I think that we may be in the time of Lot once again. I, I understand where you're coming from, Martin. I, I fully under uh, understand your argument there. And I think what adds uh, credibility to it is is you have served uh, in combat, correct? I've served. I have uh, been around people who have served okay. in combat. I'm more of a uh, I'm more into the delivery service, you might say, okay. more of a military Uber service, but. Um, I, I, I have a tendency to try to be funny about things that are very serious because that's how I cope with things that are beyond my uh, control. Sure. But uh, ultimately, I, I don't say these things lightly. Um, I'm a very serious person. Um, and because of that reason, it's hard to, hard to be that serious around people because ultimately they haven't seen or heard the things that I've heard and seen. Right. And so they don't have a, a relationship with with me in such a manner that they can see where I'm coming from. But I really honestly believe you are right. I want to say that I, I wanted to vote uh, a vote of confidence because I believe that each and every one of us have our own calling and that you don't leave until God calls you to leave. Right. But uh, ultimately when he does call you to do something, whether it be to out and risk your life, I'm willing to do that. I'm uh, I'm uh, you might say a first responder in a volunteer's, uh, standpoint, I'm willing to do what I have to do, and I will go to jail to do the right thing if necessary. But there's a time and place to fight, and I believe that we all need to listen to what that is. If you feel that this is your fight, I 100% support you in that. But you're gonna, you and I are going to have to make up our own minds when it's time to leave. Exactly. I, I agree with you, Martin. I agree with you 100%. I think it does come down to uh, that individual sense of what you're called to do. And uh, I don't, uh, right. I, I know some people do, Martin. I don't, uh, I, I don't diss, so to speak, uh, people who leave California. Good. If, right. if, if that's what you feel you need to do, fine. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't fault them for that whatsoever. Uh, I'm not yet I called d- to do that. I don't either. Matter of fact, I, 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 I 100% agree. Matter of fact, I used to say, if you don't like America, go find something better. And I'm not saying that uh, this isn't still a place of great freedom, and there's a lot of sacrifice for this land. Yes. This land would be co- covered from blood from coast to coast if you could see the blood of the men and women who died for this country. Absolutely. And, and by the way, Martin, th- thank you for your spirit of sacrificial service. Our, uh, our country, our world, our state would be a lot better with uh, more people with your perspective, with your resolve. Uh, with your sense of what God has called you to do, and uh, we applaud you for that. Thank you for that. And I know you're not looking for the uh, the props, but we just want to acknowledge no. that. So uh, thank you for that, Martin. Thanks for your comments. Really appreciate that. And, and thanks for listening up in Calaveras County. That's great. I appreciate you calling in. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure being able to speak to you, and we are uh, exercising a freedom of speech, which 
I think we should exercise the God-given rights that we've been given so that they don't take them away from us. Absolutely. That great way to end that call, Martin. Again, Martin from Calaveras County. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Thank you for uh, calling in for the first time and sharing your heart. You know, did you sense humility there? Isn't that interesting? A man of tremendous conviction and yet a man of humility, not wanting the spotlight, not wanting the, uh, the kudos, so to speak. I gave him some because he deserves it, whether, and I, I would guess Martin would prefer not to, to receive them publicly, but I believe he needs to. We need to acknowledge people publicly who, who have a heart like his and a, a spirit like his. So I just so much appreciate that type of perspective and uh, just applaud you, Martin, for, uh, for your resolve. Coming up in just a few moments, and as we talk about this, and, and one of the callers earlier, I can't remember, was it uh, uh, Debbie? I can't remember. Maybe it was Barbara. Uh, talked about the, the issue of, tangentially of messaging, of, I think, especially in the Republican Party, the inability to do good messaging. Uh, because the messaging on the other side is horrible. It is vindictive. It is it is the process of venting spleens. It is the process of character assassination. It is the process of using half-truths to beat down and try to intimidate other people. And I believe we need to stand up against that. And we don't have to, we don't have to respond in kind. In fact, I think that's very nonproductive, but we do need to respond. And I think there's a good example of this in, uh, in Jordan Peterson. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He's a Canadian author, clinical psychologist, and, and philosopher. Well, he's been kicked off Twitter. <laughs> that bastion of free speech, Twitter, been kicked off, suspended from Twitter. I'll tell you why. And then we'll hear from Jordan Peterson himself in an interview that he did recently. I, I find it inspirational and very deep. I hope you will, too. That's all coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us in the conversation. And I, I just appreciate your honesty and your your heartfelt uh, expressions. That's what makes this happen. That's what makes this 3 to 5 p.m. two-hour block Monday through Friday so energizing and, and so satisfying to me is to be able to hear you be very real and express what you really think. That's powerful. Need, needs to be a lot more opportunities for that, and we're happy to provide that for you uh, to be live and local here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, Twitter, and by the way, I don't do a lot on Twitter. I monitor it. I monitor some uh, journalists and uh, some publications just to see what they're doing, what they're talking about. Uh, I'm rarely on Twitter. Uh, I'm 
basically on there because as a head of a nonprofit, you, you have to have a presence on, on social media. It is just, you've got to have that because that's where people are if you want to reach them. Uh, if it was just me by myself, I probably wouldn't even have a Twitter account. But anyway, uh, I wanted to bring this story to you. Jordan Peterson, again, a Canadian author, clinical psychologist, philosopher, uh, he has been suspended from Twitter for having misgendered a transgender Canadian actress. Uh, her former name, his former name, her former name, its former name, I don't know, Ellen Page, uh, now known as Elliot Page. And here's the tweet that got Jordan Peterson suspended. He said, or tweeted, Remember when pride was a sin? And Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician. All right, so he got suspended for that. Uh, Twitter informed Peterson that his his comments violated Twitter's rule against hateful conduct. Was that hateful? Which prohibits users from, quote, promoting violence, end quote, against other people. For among other things, quote, gender identity. Where where's the word where, where's the violence here? He says, remember when pride was a sin, and Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician. He's expressing his opinions. There's no violence there. The Daily Caller reminds us back in 2017, Jordan Peterson warned us about the criminalization of those who refuse to use a transgender person's preferred pronouns. Interesting. I want to bring you Jordan Peterson's reaction to this. And this was a a recent interview that he did with uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox. Here's Jordan Peterson talking about the suspension from Twitter. This is what happened because I said what I had to say as clearly as I could say it. And that's as good as it could be. Now, whether or not that's good, well, it's good compared to all possible alternatives, all possible realistic alternatives. That's an article of faith as far as I'm concerned. You know, our culture is predicated on the idea that truth in speech is of divine significance. It's the fundamental presupposition of our culture. Well, if you believe that, then you act it out. And you take the consequences. You're going to take the consequences one way or another, you know. So, you want the truth on your side? Or do you want to hide behind falsehoods? Mm. Do you want the truth on your side? Or do you want to hide behind falsehoods? And this is a guy who stood up and gave his opinion. He wasn't attacking anybody. He wasn't encouraging violence. Twitter just didn't like it because his comments didn't agree with Twitter. We see that's where we are today. And I, uh, truth, he said, is of divine significance in our culture. But he also said that we need to realize there are consequences for speaking truth as as we know it, as we believe it. You see, we don't live in a culture today that honors the First Amendment. 
we live in a culture today and you can you can trace it to the political powers in California and the political powers now in Washington DC they are encouraging by either proactive decisions or looking away when truth is attacked. And that, that's the culture we live in. So how do we respond to that? And that's, that's the I'm getting back to some of the early calls that we had uh, earlier today. It is very easy to be overcome by the negative. It is very easy to be overcome by the attack. And it's a natural response. I'm not criticizing anyone for that. It's a natural response. When we are under the gun, when we're being attacked, and after we take so many slings and arrows, day after day after day after day, we get discouraged. We get discouraged. But you see, I I believe there's, for me, and again, I put it in this context, for me, there's a higher calling here. It, it's not about how I feel about it. It's about what I sense I'm called to do. And I sense that I'm called to persevere, that I'm called to stand on what I believe is true and to gently but boldly, and, and you can do both, confront what's false. If we do not call and identify, if we don't call out and identify the lies, if we don't call out and identify what's not true, then that lying process will continue. And we know that in our culture today, people, if they are fed a lie long enough, they will come to believe it. I think of right now just the reaction, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, the reaction to Clarence Thomas. He's not the guy that even wrote the majority of opinion on Roe v. Wade. That was uh, Justice Alito. And yet who's the guy that's taking the slings and arrows and uh, being shot at, so to speak? Well, and almost literally, who's the guy they tried to assassinate? Clarence Thomas, a black man. A brilliant black man, maybe one of the greatest Supreme Court justices in the history of the court. But you see, when you stand for truth and righteousness and what's good, you're going to be attacked. But with that, I believe I have the responsibility to respond to that. I have the responsibility to respond to that and to not let it go. And it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm trolling the, uh, the news stories every day to find something and pick on it. No. What I'm looking for are themes. I'm looking for things that, that get us engaged every day and are major threats to our country our society, our culture, or those things that will benefit us. And we need to talk about those. We need to identify those. We need to be better in our messaging. We need to be better in our confrontation 
of what's a lie. And we'll continue that process in five minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, don't go away. Back in five minutes. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here. Uh, I have been called to serve as your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day and as we announce truth as we perceive it in a world that is pummeling us with non-truths, with half-truths, which are not truths at all. Uh, they are fabrications and intentional deceptions. And that is, and that's something to remember, uh, my friends, that one of the greatest tools the dark side, so to speak, has is deception. And deception takes many forms. It's, it's not only uh, deceiving uh, facts about what is, but it's, it's de- the, the attempt to deceive ourselves about who we are and what we are. Uh, the, the, the woke culture spends a lot of time trying to convince us that we're racist, trying to convince us that we're violent, trying to convince us that we're hateful, trying to convince us of the things they actually exemplify, and we don't. Have you ever noticed that people, (laughs) I've noticed this, people who talk a lot about other people being judgmental and complain about other people being judgmental uh, often are very quick to be judgmental themselves. Now, there's a point to being judgmental in terms of judging what's true or not true. Uh, we ought not to live lies. And, and one, of, one, one of the, well, think about recovery programs, those of you who are maybe familiar with them. And I uh, think of uh, the mentoring I've done and in, in the vocational pastoring uh, that I've done for, well, almost 30 years now. So many times, one of the big, one of the big obstacles to get over is allowing people to see what's true about themselves because they have been programmed either by the culture or by parents or family members or educational systems. Somebody in authority has often programmed them to think that they are something they are not. And that takes years and years and years sometimes. And it begins with announcing what's true. And, and uh, you can't understand the lie about you or about me unless we understand what's true. And so the process begins with uncovering what's true. And then using that as a springboard, then addressing the lies that we have been programmed to believe about ourselves and our culture right now is that twitter is they are lying about jordan peterson right we just saw that we just proved that by telling his story and and listening to him 
Here's another example of believing lies. This is from Savannah, Georgia. There's a uh, college, the Clarence Thomas Center at the Savannah College of Art and Design for Historic Preservation. Boy, that's a long name. The Clarence Thomas Center at the Savannah College of Art and Design for Historic Preservation. Well, a petition is going around that Georgia college to rename the building because they don't like the way Justice Clarence Thomas voted on Roe v. Wade. Well, on on Dobbs and then tangentially about Roe v. Wade. Students are saying they don't want to discredit the history of the building, but they want to show support for their fellow peers who feel as if their rights are under attack. What right? What, what rights are they talking about? Did, uh, did the, see, this is the process. Let me just go through a, just a quick exercise with you. What's true here? Did Clarence Thomas take away anyone's rights? No. Did Clarence Thomas take away the right to have an abortion? Nope. No. He was one vote on a majority opinion from the Supreme Court that basically said the issue of abortion needs to go back to where it should have been all along, and we are in error. We're correcting that error because there is no right in the Constitution to abortion. There is no specific right to kill a baby in the U.S. Constitution or the Bill of Rights and the Bill of Rights. Not there. And so the Supreme Court is saying, and and think of past things like Dred Scott. Think of, just go back in our history. There have been times when the Supreme Court of the United States has said, we were in error. We made a mistake. It takes big people to say we made a mistake. And a couple of big people, at least four of them, or five of them rather, five of them, made a good call on the Supreme Court decision. I know it was 6-3 to decision regarding Dobbs, but as it related to Roe v. Wade, it was 5-4. to four. So five of them made a courageous decision but you see, any time that you stand upon truth, I'm going back to my thesis here, any time you stand for what's true, you're going to take, we're going to take slings and arrows. It's the way it is. It's the way it has been throughout human history. And if we believe by standing for truth that the other side is going to stand up and applaud us and, and throw us kudos, we are seriously mistaken. And, and even if we think that things are going to change on a dime, no, this is like turning, turning an aircraft carrier around at sea. It takes a while to turn an aircraft carrier around at sea. I'm using that illustration because I just saw Top Gun Maverick for the second time. I'm just so enthralled with that movie. But anyway, getting, getting back to the point here, it takes time to undo the ravages of lies. And sometimes you can't undo the wounds created by lies. Many times it's a case of 
learning how to live with those scars. They may never go away. You think of of children who from earliest time because of bad parenting or guardianships or abusive parenting have been told they're no good, that they don't measure up, that whatever it is, they, 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 they never, they never succeed. You, you're never quite there. And what happens? They grow up to believe that about themselves and they tend to act that way towards other people. It takes courage to stand up for truth. And that's why I show up Monday through Friday from three to 5 p.m., except rare occasions when I'm on vacation or I have a medical thing. But during my normal time here with you, that's why I show up is because my job is to announce what's true as best as I know it and to engage you in the conversation so that if I'm missing something within the context of our conversation, I can discover perhaps new things I hadn't thought of. And perhaps in that conversation, I'm hoping that maybe from time to time I present you with a new perspective, not that you have to adopt it, but at least you can consider it. That's my role here. That's what I'm called to do. And I don't believe I'm called to abandon that role, at least right now. There's an inter- there was a, a pastor, uh, re- retired now. Uh, the uh, congregation used to be known as uh, Bethel in Modesto. It's now called One Church. Uh, Cliff Traub, great, uh, great guy. One of my early mentors, uh, just being around him, I, I learned a lot from him in the, uh, in the local ministerium, uh, the Greater Modesto Ministerial Association. And we often talked about uh, with Cliff, and by the way, m- many of us, including Cliff and me and, and, and some others, we had denominational differences. We, we had slightly differing ideas on certain doctrine. But, but we held on to those common things that we held as true. And so oftentimes we talk about, well, I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm just not sure I'm hearing from God what I need to do. And Cliff had a very wise response to that. And uh, many of us that, uh, and Cliff is retired now. I don't think he lives in the area. I'm I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, I, I often remember his words, Mike, if you're not sure of what God is telling you to do, go back to the last thing he told you to do and keep on doing it. I love that. I love that. That's why I'm here. And that's why I plan to continue to be here as long as God rings that bell, I'll answer it and be here. Because there's value in discussing these issues with you and announcing what's true, or discussing things together so we can uncover what's true. This is, this is a, forgive me for using the word, maybe you don't like it, but I'm, it's what pops into my mind. This is also a sacred time, not, not just theologically, but in terms of our futures, our respect for each other, the future of the state, the future of the country, the future of our neighborhoods, the future of our culture. This is a 
really a, a sacred time for us where we pursue truth and we announce it in the face of the slings and arrows that come along with it. And so I, I think as we persevere, we must also understand there's a cost to persevering. Persevering involves sacrifice. I understand that. And that's something that I believe we all need to understand and accept as we push through these topics. And I, some of our ladies that called today, they, they, they were talking about, we need to address issues. Yes, we do. And we need to address them in truth, and we need to address them together and listen to each other, even if we don't agree with each other, to honor each other by at least listening to each other. All right, we'll continue this conversation in three minutes. 209-551-3483. If you had times when you stood for truth and you and you took hits for that, 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we'll continue talking about the issues here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for being with us. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Talking about, among other things, the cost of standing for what's true. And the fact that that involves some sacrifice, doesn't it? 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones. To Modesto we go and Loretta. Hi, Loretta. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. What my question is, is how is it paid? If I get pregnant, for instance, will that be paid by legally law, by the taxpayers and all? Will uh, will the uh, what you're saying is will the abortion be paid by the state? Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is paid by the state. Is this right? Uh, that's the intent of uh, our government. Uh, yes. Now, where they're running into problems, Loretta, is uh, <laughs> when they're uh, inviting people coming in out of state uh, and saying uh-huh. we'll we'll pay you to come here. What they're running into, they're running into some problems there legally because uh, the taxpayer money uh, cannot go uh, to uh, to funding people coming in out of state. So they're looking at very creative ways. Uh, what, what's the word? What's the phrase I want to use? Basically, to uh, to uh, money launder, <laughs> so that uh, well, in other words, they they, they would go through go nonprofits. Hmm? We will then go out and get pregnant, have an abortion, and taxpayers pay for that. Don't you truthfully feel that this is against the law, or should be against the law for legally taxpayers to have to pay for that? I, I think a lot of, uh, well, l- let me back up and let me look, uh, give you a broad brush opinion on this, Loretta. I don't believe that government ought to pay for any health care at all, that the government ought to get off our backs with the taxes, lighten up the tax load so that we can pay for and choose our own health care. The problem is the government takes money from us legally the government engages in legal robbery throughout our working lives and takes money from us 
and then wants us to feel good about the fact that they're giving some of it back to us in terms of Medicare and Medi-Cal, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that uh, uh, illegal aliens ought to receive free health care. Now, that said, Loretta, if you have a major problem and you walk into an ER, you will be served. You are right. you will be served. That's that's the truth of it. So uh, I guess I would come back to this and, and say, Loretta, in principle, not only for abortions, but in general, the government needs to get out of the business of uh, paying for health care, using our money to pay for health care for others and uh, un- undo the taxes and, and, and give us some tax relief so that we can pay for it ourselves. Does that does that make sense? This does in one way, but then turn around with the thing we're going to be voting for in November, where we definitely need the police. However, that money is needed for police and for our schools. There's other things that are put in there for a bunch of it, like the homeless and all this, should not be on that. Because they get paid, some of them do not. But those that don't, most of them can get on welfare if they're really low income. But all of this goes in together then. So all of it needs to go to law, to where the law is legal and not given all kinds of free things. Thank you. All right, Loretta, thanks for your call. appreciate that very much. Uh, I think one of the principles here, Loretta, thank you for your call, by the way. I, I think one of the principles here is we need to return to a discussion of what is the government designed to do and then start. And you can't do this uh, like flipping a light switch. I don't believe that government ought to be involved in our health care. I don't believe that government ought to be involved in education. I know I'm talking about federal government. Uh, local education, school boards, that sort of thing, yeah, you need them. Uh, but I think uh, the federal Department of Education ought to be done away with. It doesn't belong in the federal budget at all. There are a lot of things that our government does, uh, state and federal, that is about creating additional controls over our lives. And we need to be set free. Because both the state and federal government, especially here in California, uh, state and federal government, they have their boot on our necks and they're holding us down on the ground and not allowing us to be free. And we need to break free of the shackles of a lot of this. But you can't do that by flipping a switch. We have spent decades and decades and decades getting to where we are it's going to take time to right the ship and that that's one of that's one of the truths that we need to acknowledge none of this is going to change on a dime uh those that that say well and come uh, november 2022 it'll all be better then because then then we'll be in control of congress and perhaps the senate have you looked at how many spineless Republicans there are? I'm not putting my hope in the Republican Party. I am a conservative, but I've seen too many Republicans fold under the flag of power, 
and control and money. I'm praying for Republicans who will stand for what's true and be willing to take the hits for standing in the light of truth. You think they're out there? And you say, well, what about the Democrats? There's good Democrats. Show me a Democratic policy right now in California or the federal government that is helping California or America. Show me one within the past 18 months that's constructive. I can't find one. It's not about the party. It's about the policy. Back in five minutes, Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for joining us here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, Mike Douglas here serving as your concierge for conversation as we grapple with the heavy issues of the day. And I thank you so much for your willingness to participate in that process live and local. That's our commitment to you. And uh, that's what we do here at 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And again, we thank you so much for being uh, participants in that process. Talking about the the, the process of announcing truth and how we must accept the fact that announcing truth normally comes with some type of sacrifice. Now, sometimes it's a minor sacrifice. It's maybe an invisible sacrifice. Other times, it's a major sacrifice. I don't know about you. There have been times in my law enforcement career in my fire and rescue, fire deputy chief, assistant chief, chief career, and in my vocational ministry career as uh, the head of a nonprofit for 20 years. There have been times in all of those vocations where I've had to either decide to buckle under a lie or stand for truth. And every time it came at some level of sacrifice. My friends, that's part of it. We, we must be willing to accept that. Let me, uh, let me play for you just uh, very quickly. Uh, if you remember back to, oh, this is almost a year ago, right? August uh, 2021. And uh, you remember Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller? And uh, he was gone 24 hours after he posted this video on Facebook. He was aghast at the way that the, uh, the government handled the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's about a minute. Let's listen to it, and then we'll get back to the phones. Here's uh, Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller from almost a year ago. Good evening. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, United States Marine Corps. I'm the current battalion commander for Advanced Infantry Training Battalion. I've been in the Marine Infantry for 17 years. Started my tour with Victor 1-8. It's the current unit that's doing perimeter security, dealing with the mess that's going on there. I, you can see open source reporting that there was an explosion and some people were killed. I know through my inside channels that one of those people that were killed 
was a someone that I have a personal relationship with. We won't go into more details because the families are still being notified. Not making this video because uh, it's you know potentially an emotional time. Making it because I have a growing discontent and contempt for my perceived ineptitude at the foreign policy level. And I want to specifically ask some questions to some of my senior leaders. And I'll say as a person that's not at 20 years, um, I feel like I have a lot to lose. If you play chess, you can only see two to three moves out because there's too many variables. I thought through if, if I post this video, what might happen to me, especially if the video picks up traction, if I have the courage to post it. But I think what you believe in can only be defined by what you're willing to risk. So if I'm willing to risk my current battalion commander seat, my retirement, my family's stability to say some of the things that I want to say, I think it gives me some moral high ground to demand the same honesty, integrity, accountability from my senior leaders. Amazing, isn't it? The man knew what the sacrifice might be, and... Uh... And he was. He he was. I I think did he resign or was he fired? I I don't remember the details. But the man had courage. Now we can debate whether or not that was the way to do it. But my point is, the man was up against what he felt were unjust decisions made by the commander in chief, President Joe Biden, and by his superiors. And he felt the only way to get the word out was to do it over Facebook. And he knew what the consequences might be, and so they were. All right, let's go to the phones, 209-551-3483. Takes courage, my friends, to stand for what's true. 209-551-3483. Let's go to uh, James and Manteca. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. Great to tell you, always have. You know, that was awful what Joe Biden did. He himself should be fired. First president we've ever had. Uh, well, I'll leave it at that. My question is, I'm very, very pro-policeman. And uh, if I, some of these guys, when they pull over, they're the size of Hulk Hogan or bigger. <laughs> and if I saw an officer trying to restrain him or he went after the officer, um, I'd want to pull over if I just happened to be there at the time. What would I say to the officer? I want to help restrain um, the subject, as they say. Tell him I'm here to help you. And then I guess could the guy take me to court after, which I wouldn't mind, but I'd want to help the officer. Have you ever had that situation? Uh, that, that's, a good, know anybody? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, James. And uh, I'm going to uh, thank you for the call uh, because I, I want to take some time yes, to, uh, to respond to you. Sure. Thank, thanks for the question. Uh, James posing the question. Uh, if you come upon a situation where a police officer is uh, struggling and uh, perhaps uh, he's down on the ground and he's uh, in, a, in a fight and uh, there's uh, someone who's uh, maybe getting the upper hand and you want to help, what do you do? Uh, I have been in that situation a long time ago. And I don't want to answer for law enforcement now, uh, James, because I, I want to answer in terms of what I knew and my experience and then answer in terms of what I, 
I believe to be the case. And uh, those of you who are in law enforcement, if you would like to call and correct me, I'm, I'm more than happy about that. I think in general, let's just take if it's you, you come, come up on an incident and you see an officer uh, and he, he or she needs help and there's no help around, do you jump right in? First thing to do is you call 911, <clears throat> let them know the situation and let them get uh, help on the way. The other part of that, there is some danger in getting involved in that fight because the police officer, if if he or she is involved in that scuffle and their, their total consciousness right now is wrapped around survival, they don't know whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. And so if you enter the fray without them motioning you in, so to speak, uh, you may be perceived as a suspect <laughs> and, uh, and being attacked. And so it's, uh, I, th- that's why I'm saying I, I, my recommend, this is my recommendation. Again, those of you in law enforcement, if you have a different opinion on that, please call and uh, give me your perspective. But I'm just giving you my perspective from law enforcement a couple of decades ago and what I perceive today. And that is... Call 911, get help on the way. Best thing you can do. And even and, and that's even if you take uh, CPR and, and uh, uh, first aid and, and that, isn't that what you're reminded to do? Call 911, get help on the way, and then start administering help or assign someone else to call 911 while you're administering first aid, whatever it might be. It is so important to get the trained responders there right away. Uh, the other problem is if if you, not personally, but I'm using the royal you there, if you are not trained in self-defense, if you're not trained in how to handle people with firearms and weapons, you can not only get yourself hurt, but you can also get the officer hurt. Now, let me take this to a different level. And I'm just going to say this in terms of my reaction. If I can, and I'll give you a real life example here in a moment. If I come up on a scene and to me, it looks like an officer his or her life is in danger and they're about to be killed, I'm going to jump in. And if I get hurt, so be it. But up to that point, I think it's very important. Call 911, know where you are, know where the, know the cross streets or know the address where you are before you get it. Remember, if you call 911 on a cell phone, it may take a while for them to figure out where you are. And don't be surprised that you have to go through a, a couple of uh, phone answerers before you get someone, but it's very important. Uh, just very quickly, and then uh, we'll in a couple minutes, we'll, we'll get back to the phones. Um, I, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that because I want to make sure we have enough time to discuss this. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about that and, and also hear your experiences in three minutes. We'll get back to the phones right away after we're back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Hang in there. Be right back. On air and online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. 
And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, James uh, gave us an interesting question. Uh, his question was, what, what do I do if I come up on a police officer who's alone at the moment and uh, they're in distress uh, in a fight, so to speak? What, what do I do? What, what would you recommend? And again, my first response is, uh, get on the phone, call 911, and get uh, get the trained people out there. Uh, let's find out about you and, and your experiences and your thoughts on this. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's find out what's on your mind. John from Modesto, welcome. What are your thoughts? Well, thanks for taking my call. This happened about 30 years ago, and uh, this officer came in to... This guy had a catering truck and came in and was asking a bunch of questions. And Wayne was his name that uh, was the guy in trouble. And the officer said, I'm placing you under the rest. Well, Wayne was a pretty good-sized guy. And this cop was getting his uh, – he was getting the best of the, the police officer. And so I guess he seen me walk by. I watched it. He says, I am a police officer, and I need help. Well, here's the bad part about this. I need help. This guy, brother-in-law, was the head of the Ku Klux Klan in Modesto. Well, I went and helped the officer, got Wayne's the dude. I didn't hit him with my fist or anything. I grabbed him by the neck and took him to the ground, and we all went to the ground. And the officer got up. And I told Wayne, I said, Wayne, I'm not going to let you up. You've got to go to jail. You've made a bigger hole than you really have now. Mm. And he basically said, dude, uh, Wayne was a friend of mine, and I played ball with him. Wow. And that was, you know, but the police officer asked me for help. And basically, as I thought about everything I should have done, the police officer shouldn't have asked me for help. I should have went in there and did it quicker. Well, John, and, uh, yeah, let, let me, that, before we go on, let, let me address that very quickly. There is a legal issue uh, that that officer accomplished by inviting you. And the legal issue is is uh, posse comitatus. That is uh, a, a Latin phrase that basically says that uh, on behalf of the law enforcement authority, you are being temporarily deputized uh, to assist the officer in keeping the peace or arresting the suspect or wh- whatever they're trying to uh, accomplish. So uh, by doing that, he was actually legally covering you for uh, actually acting officially on behalf of his agency. And uh, and, and so there, there was, and I, I, I can't say whether the officer did that intentionally or whether it was just help, you know, but there is a, there is a legal basis for that called posse comitatus. That's why, uh, and John, you may be familiar with this, uh, you know, in the old Westerns that we, the old black and white Westerns, you called the posse. Well, that that comes from posse comitatus. It's the sheriff saying, I'm deputizing uh, you guys or gals to come along with me and and help me keep the peace because I need some help. So uh, just to say that there probably uh, was an intent there to also cover you legally for uh, for stepping in. Does that, that make sense? Sure, sure it makes sense. 
the, the only thing that, that, that concerns me is that nowadays, if a police officer asks for help and you went in there and you helped the guy and you hurt the man, taking him down or whatever, are you going to be protected from a lawsuit? No. No. You you may no. be protected. That's, that's the rub. Yeah. Well, it is the rub. You may be protected criminally, John, but you are always, whether it's justified or not, whether it will be thrown out of court or not, the suspect can always civilly sue you. That That yeah. is always, always an issue. And again, that's one of those... Um, <laughs> that's one of those calls that you just need to make at the moment and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to take whatever sacrifice I have to take in order to do this. And, and John, I think yeah. that, and I appreciate your call and James before you because, and, and to all of our radio audience, these are things worthy to think about before you get in the situation. And so John gave us an interesting story here. Now the, sus- the, the suspect, so to speak, or the subject, happened to be someone he knew. But uh, if you think about this. If, if you come upon an incident where a police officer is uh, in trouble and uh, either is unable to ask you for help or maybe does ask you for help, uh, but you call it in, and and then you're you're thinking, man, this police officer is or her life's in danger. You need to start think about this now. If I come upon that, am I willing to take the consequences of doing that? And one of those consequences may be that civil lawsuit. So, John, yeah, you make a you make a very good point, and it's a good idea to think about those things ahead of time so that when and then hopefully you won't have to run up against that it's been what 30 years hopefully it'll never happen again but if it does at least you've thought about it right oh i've thought about it i've uh i have never seen any police officer getting getting his butt kicked but you know they sometimes these people they they don't want to go and then they subdue and they go and everything and i i really I, i'm not i don't think i'm strong enough anymore to be able to take a man down yeah and that would that might uh, hold me back but i don't know I, I you know your brain just reacts yes so quickly am i going to just go on or i'm going to help right and so i right. hope i never come across that well and john but i know I... you joe you made the good decision. You, from my perspective, you made uh, the right decision. John, thanks so much for the call today. Uh, really, really appreciate hearing your personal story there. Thank you very much. Uh, just to give you another situation, this is something else to think about. And again, I encourage you, my friends, to think about this ahead of time. Because if you run up against a situation like that, it helps to have thought it out beforehand. And, and not have to think about it at the time. John just re- responded out of his character. I, I had a situation a couple of years ago. I was at a uh, friend's house. We were having a uh, lunch or dinner or something like that. Anyway, very quickly, uh, I heard this boom, and it sounded like a, a, a crash of a car. 
And so we ran down the block to around where I heard it. And there was, and I'm not going to identify the agency because it's, it, it, it was a law enforcement agency. And a law enforcement officer had hit a telephone pole. And I don't know why. I don't know what happened. We don't know. But he was outside of his car on the ground unconscious. Now, what would you do? Now, think about this carefully. What if the officer wakes up while you're attempting to do CPR or takes his pulse and thinks he's been being attacked and pulls out his gun? Hmm? These are things we need to think about. I'll tell you what I did. I called it in. I took his pulse on his neck to make sure that he had a pulse and that he was breathing. I looked at him, didn't appear to have any other injuries, and I made sure that help was on the way. That was the call I made on the moment. All right, good discussions today, my friends. Thank you so much. I'll look forward to bringing conversation back to you tomorrow here from 3 to 5 p.m. on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.